Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast brought to you by LEO to CEO. And I am here today with a guy who uh, I guess he's he's our newest member of the LEO to CEO community and a guy that I met in um, St. Louis at the ILETA conference that uh, I just I just really enjoyed chatting with and connecting with and picking his brain. And and I thought, you know what? This guy needs to come on the Copper Newer Path podcast. So today I'm here with Dan Fraser, uh, who is a bit of an expert at creating presentations. In fact, he's got a book out that we're going to talk about here in a little bit uh, called Kick-Ass Presentations. And uh, so, Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. This is awesome. Yeah, it's good to have you on, man. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, our conversations together, learning a bit from you about how to how to step up my presentation game and, and not... Uh, not bore the death uh, or bore to death my audience, I should say. No, that's great. And and just before we started here, you were talking about this this keynote presentation that you've got to deliver to yes. hundreds of people in Las Vegas coming up. And uh, there's still there's still time to hopefully uh, you know mine a couple of gems out of uh, out of my book for that. <laughs> yeah. So we were. Um, I'll give everybody context that. So like I said, we met at the Ilita conference. The uh, International Law Enforcement Education and Training Association. Um, and uh, I've got another conference that we're attending next month uh, in Vegas. And actually, by the time that this airs, it'll probably be this month. Um, so in May in Vegas. Uh, and I was asked to give a keynote. And I was telling Dan prior to, to going on the air here, I said, man, I I, you know, I got your book from you while we were at the ILETA conference and, and Dan was nice enough to even sign it and give me a nice little, uh, uh, words of encouragement in there, a message. But I told him, I said, I'm kind of wishing I, I had actually started reading this now because I'm working on putting together a keynote and I feel like there's some gems in here that I really need to understand in order to step up my keynote game. So, and you, and you told me I could just kind of pick and choose what I wanted in here, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not uh, necessarily something you got to read all the way through, but um, you know, everybody's sitting at various levels of presentation competence kind of thing and uh, you know, thumb through it and see where where the smallest amount of work is going to give you the biggest impact. So I got to uh, admit to you, I think we need to be honest in order to start off uh, this podcast and our discussion here. Most cops and most instructors really suck at putting together presentations. I mean, truthfully, I mean, I have sat through some horrible, horrible presentations in my law enforcement career. I've, I've even had them so bad to the point where an instructor would put an entire block of case law text or CRS uh, text up on the screen and just go, okay, read that. 
read that. And then, and then they stand there and wait for you to read it. And then they go, okay, now onto the next slide. And then that's not a presentation, right? I mean, no, that is the not best way all. to lose, lose the interest and focus of your audience. Yeah. I think there's, there's, you know, a couple of reasons for that, but one of the main ones is that, um, PowerPoint is just begging you to do that. When you open it up, it says right on the first slide, add your, add a title and start adding bullet points. It doesn't ask you to, you know, put in pictures or any of that kind of stuff. And so people go, oh yeah, what's, what is the title of this slide? Uh, and they're, they're thinking of the title, which is really for them, not for the audience. The audience doesn't want your title. They want your takeaway message to be front and center and they don't want bullet points either. So uh, it's so tempting to just start cutting and pasting. And where do we get all of our info? I don't know, a policy manual or some document. And what happens is we end up copy putting a, a copy and paste. Yeah. Let's yeah. put, let's just put a document up on the screen, have them read it. Uh, and it's just, it's terrible. And and you said at the, at the start that most law enforcement uh, presenters suck. I, I would say that it's not just law enforcement. It's every industry uh, does this same kind of thing. And that's sort of the mission that I'm on is to, uh, you know, raise the, everybody's presentation game out there. Um, and what I found, uh, because I kind of came into the whole presentation space from law enforcement and I was, you know, a, a part-time instructor of various things. And then I eventually got a full-time uh, spot in my department's tactics training unit. Uh, and I'm, I'm uh, left two years ago from uh, the Calgary Police Service in Alberta, Canada. So, you know, it's a department of about 21, 2200 officers. And so we run our own academy and, and I was part of, all, of the tactics training unit. So we would do all the, the physical stuff, really everything but live fire shooting that we had a firearms training unit for that. Um, but it allowed me to get in front of recruits and in-service officers and present every day for about six years. And what I found was, um, you know, even amongst other instructors, they kind of get to a place of competence and then they go, I'm good enough. You know, in the, uh, it's a really excellent book. Right. I actually reference it in my own book. It's Joshua Four has a, a book called Moonwalking with Einstein. And he talks about the okay plateau where, you know, we, we start off incompetent and we kind of make some gains and we get to a place where we're like, yeah, I, I think I got this. I'm good. And then there's sort of no real reason to keep pushing for that mastery that is going to be, you know, even more painful. And so I think that's what we see. And, even at a, at a conference like Ailita that we were at, it's instructors teaching other instructors. Uh, there's still some presentations that are pretty rough. I'll tell you what, as pervasive as the problem is and as many instructors as, as there were at Ailita, there were not enough people at your table. <laughs> and, and it's not that there wasn't, I mean, there were, there were plenty of people at your table, but my point is, is that every single one of them should have been at your table buying your book um, oh. because <laughs> look, come on, let's play with the, the, the laws of proportions and ratios here. I mean, most of them probably need it myself included, obviously. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, really I wrote, I wrote the book that I wish I would have had when I was an instructor. And so, uh, you know, we're most powerfully positioned to help the person that we once were. And even though my department had some, some very basic training for presenters, uh, it was, wasn't until I actually left the training department and some of the other instructors said, Hey, would you put together like a class on how to actually teach and come back and deliver that? And I thought, 
man, that's okay. That's an endorsement. Obviously I'm doing something right, but there was some stuff I was doing right that I didn't even really know what I was doing. So that kind of sent me on this journey um, to, to figure out some of the how uh, that we do this, because I find a lot, there's instructors that tell you what to do, but they don't tell you how to do it. They go, you know, Adam, you know what you got to get, when you get to Vegas, you know what you got to do? Be dynamic, engage your audience, you know, use humor and people go, oh my God, this is such good stuff, but there's, there's nothing there, right? There's no actual, okay, here's step one, here's step two. And so it ends up being kind of like eating cotton candy. Like it, it, it tastes good, but there's no, there's nothing behind it. There's no nutritional value. And so I'm really looking to, if I'm going to advocate something, I, I want to be able to show how you can actually get there. Yeah, I think there's a difference in this. These terms are used a lot, actually, in the marketing world. Um, there's a difference between what you would refer to as a framework versus a roadmap, right? So like a framework is just kind of this general concept and idea of how to do something, right? But an actual roadmap says, here's step one, step two, step three, here are the actual things and here's instructions how to do it. So essentially what you're offering individuals that that want to learn how to step up their presentation game is actually a roadmap, not, not just a framework, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so conscious of it now. In fact, I was, I was participating in this conference as a present, it's called present to succeed. It's run out of a company from Bulgaria, but it's people from all over the world. I had to be up in the middle of the night to watch these sessions. Um, and there was a one presenter from the U S and I, you know, big, big credentials behind her name. And I just sat there the entire presentation with my pen ready to go, waiting for a couple of a bit of a roadmap and there was not one thing in 40 minutes of talking. And it was just, it's lots of, fluff. it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's, it's fluff. It sounds good because it's like, you know what, you gotta, you gotta be dynamic and you really got to create engagement on your audience's end and you got to make them like you and they, all these things, but there was nothing actually to it. And so not only am I disappointed as, as a learner, but I'm disappointed in the presenter for missing this opportunity to be able to, you know, make somebody better and affect some change. Yeah. Now tell me, as you've really settled into this being a focus of yours, there's obviously with, with the world today and just how uh, it, the economy, the business economy functions anymore, there's tons of opportunity in different ways to reach people through workshops, webinars, online courses, all sorts of things, right? But uh, among those things, you you chose to write a book. So I'm curious, why why a book? What led you down that path? Yeah, I think it was, I started out with, with a workshop and that's still kind of the bread and butter. Um, the book to me is uh, a couple of things. Uh, one is kind of a legacy thing for me. It's one of those, maybe it's a yeah. selfish thing, but uh, if I die, they somebody could say, well, he wrote a book and part of him still lives on. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, and then part of it, I, I had a, a good friend who is an author and who is involved with me in, um, in doing some teaching and stuff. And he goes, man, you got to put this stuff into a book. And I thought, yeah, okay. And so, you know, it was maybe about five years ago, I started writing a book and, of course, you tell people about it because you want some accountability and 
people are always asking, you, hey, how's the book coming? And I'm going, ugh, you know, it's not a book. It's a freaking Word document. That's really, that's all it is. <laughs> and I, fi- I finally put a deadline on it. And I, I say five years. It's not like I was, uh, you know, sitting at my desk slaving away for five years. I'd work on it. Uh, you know, I was working full time as a, as a police officer and uh, working shift work and everything. So I'd pick away at it here and there. I would leave it for months on end, and I'd come back to it. And I finally, uh, you know, in, during COVID, was able to sit down and really lean into it, and then set a deadline for myself. Um, and the book partly is. Uh, it's a business tool, yet I want it to stand on its own. I want somebody to be able to take this and use it. They don't ever need to contact me. They don't never need to take my workshop or anything. It It's good enough on its own. However, it's also a business tool in that it lends credibility to people hiring me to come to speak to their company or their agency because I can go, you know, well, in my book, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, uh, it just lends credibility uh, to to be an author, and really, I I was kind of building this plane as I was flying it. I had no idea about the publishing industry, about how to self publish versus uh, approaching publishers, and all these things. And I think you had uh, Julie Broad uh, on yeah. here as a guest recently, yep, and so she's another shout out to another Canadian. Um, she lives in Vegas now, but. Uh, you know, I decided to go with her and her company book launchers, and they have just been uh, fantastic as far as getting me to where I need to go because uh, I didn't even know what I didn't know about this. Um, yeah, but this, yeah. you know, finally got through this journey, and and I'm just I'm super happy with how the book turned out. Um, you know, they at some point you do have to pull the trigger and go, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to, this is going to be good enough. And, you know, at, and choosing when to do that, I guess is, you know, at the, at, at best is probably a subtle art and at worst is a drunken coin toss as to, you know, when your stuff is good <laughs> enough, but you know, satisfaction is the end of progress. And, and, uh, I, 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 eventually I just had to pull the trigger and go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. And, um, yeah, business decision wise, I, 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 it's it's too early to tell. I know that it's going to pay off. I've got all the faith, and I've I've just got nothing but great feedback on it. Um, but really, the book you're not going to get rich off of, of writing a book unless you're maybe already a celebrity, or um, you know, you're Simon Sinek, yeah. or you're you're uh, a Malcolm Gladwell, or somebody who's already very well known with a massive uh, audience waiting to buy it. Um, you really you use it as a business tool. Yeah. Yeah, I actually heard. I wish I could remember where I saw this, but I saw a statistic somewhere recently that was saying that anymore, uh, being an author of a book carries often more weight and more validity to people than a degree, which is which is really interesting to me. But um, either way, I, I love the book. I, I, I again, I have to admit I haven't read it yet, but I've leafed through it, and I, just the way it's laid out is is really great. You have lots of uh, pictures of examples in here. And there's just a ton, a ton of material. Um, but yet it's still under a couple hundred pages, which is pretty awesome. So it's an easy, uh, easy read. I have to admit to you though. Uh, oh, and actually let me back up real quick. Um, for, since you mentioned, uh, Julie Broad and book launchers, uh, for anybody else that's interested in learning more about that, go back and check out episode 69 of the podcast, how writing a book can grow your business. That's where I had Julie Broad come on the show and we talked about this exact topic. So um, I've got to admit to you, I don't 
uh, get enough time anymore to sit down and read like I would like to. And I think there's a lot of people that fall into that bucket. Is there going to be an audiobook or is there already one? There is already an audiobook. Yeah, that's uh, so that's one of the okay, things cool. I've been I've been um, you know like a voracious audiobook file. I, I don't know what you want to call it, but I'm a fan. Uh, and I've been with Audible for a long time, and I've got about 300 books in my Audible library. And you know, I'm a big proponent of sort of the automobile university type of uh, uh, type of concept where we've got did all you, this. Go ahead. Did yeah. You, did you narrate your own? Book. I did. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. I love it when authors narrate their own book. <laughs> <laughs> Some, yeah, maybe there's the odd one that shouldn't, but it, it is, it is nice when authors, you know, narrate it. And so that yeah. was kind of, uh, that was a whole adventure on itself, setting up a little studio in my, uh, in a, in a closet at home, um, as opposed to going, I, I envisioned it would be one of these things like, you know, you see them recording for like a Pixar movie and they're standing in this big, a big studio with all the foam on the walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And no, it was me sitting on a folding chair <laughs> in my, uh, <laughs> in my own closet, you know, talking into my laptop, but uh, apparently that's how most of them are done nowadays. Yep. Yep. That's true. Well, Hey, I want to shift gears here just a little bit. Um, because what I want to do is I want to pick your brain and get some, uh, actionable tips and advice from you for, the instructor, presenter, keynote speaker that's listening to this podcast right now to give them some ideas on things that they could take action on now in order to grow um, their own presence doing their presentations, how to, how to communicate more clearly, how to be more effective and keep people's attention uh, when they're doing a presentation. But first, we got to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about that. Hey, it's break time real quick. Are you interested in being a guest on the Copperneur Path podcast? Or do you know someone else who would be a good guest on the show? I'm always looking for Copperneurs who can share stories of their own Copperneurial journey, regardless of how early you are in that journey or how far along you are. I'm also looking for guests who don't necessarily have a law enforcement background, but can offer expert business and marketing advice. So if you would like to suggest a guest or see about being featured yourself on an upcoming episode, please go to cpp.fm forward slash guest and fill out the quick five question form. Again, that's charlespaulpaul.frankmary forward slash guest and fill out the quick five question form. Okay, so right before the break, I set up that we were going to talk a little bit about some practical tips and advice for the keynote presenter instructor. So I guess the first question that that I have for you is, um, can you tell us kind of what are some common mistakes that most people make when putting together a presentation? Yeah, I think one of the the main ones is not knowing your objective. It's uh, you go, okay, I have this presentation to do. The first thing people do is they open up PowerPoint and they start dumping content into slides. And the first thing I would say, get away from the computer. You know, you can kind of storyboard this out on a piece of paper or on some on some uh, uh, sticky notes or 3M notes kind of thing. And just think about, you know, what do you want your audience to actually know and take away from this? And then we're going to work back from that objective. Otherwise, we're just kind of meandering all over the place. And then 
I know that, uh, and, I, and I'm going to use the term PowerPoint, really any kind of presentation software, it's really kind of all the same, whether you're using Google Slides or Keynote or people, I'm a Prezi guy or whatever. Hey, what, whatever floats your boat, it's kind of all the same. Um, when you've got some, when you've got that ready to go, think about whether you actually even need to use any presentation software. Maybe this is something that uh, you can do with, uh, you know, a, a paper, or you're just going to show some props, or you can stand there and speak without using it. But typically, you know, nowadays people do want to use that kind of presentation software. So as you're, as you're, you decide to use that, now you've got your objectives laid out. Then we can start thinking about content, you know, what kind of uh, activities might we have? What kind of stories do you want to tell? What kind of images or video or props? And then we can start uh, putting all of that together. When we get to the, the PowerPoint stuff, one of the mistakes people make is, first of all, just loading it with text. You know, your audience doesn't want that. They want images. And if we can go full frame with those images, meaning it's going to take up the whole screen and we can put a word or two over top, uh, then it makes it very glanceable for the audience because really you are the presentation. It's not what's on your slides. So you want to treat your slides kind of like a road sign when you're driving. You look up, you get the little bit of uh, context or info that you need, and then your eyes are back on the road, which means back on the presenter. Yeah. And for the presenter, even though you're the presentation, it's not about you. It's about your audience. You know, what do, what do they need? What do they want? What do they expect from you? Um, what kind of problem are you able to solve for them and really look to make it about them? Because there's just way too many presenters. They make it all about themselves and how good they can look. Uh, and then that leads to slides where, you know, they're, it's just uh, they're looking up there to read off of it. And it's all about the presenter. We got to make it about the audience. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the, to piggyback off of that, one of the points that Donald Miller always makes that I love and, and is just really stuck with me. He refuses to introduce himself and he tells every, like his advice to anybody else that's giving a presentation or a keynote, you should never introduce yourself, right? There should be somebody else to introduce you. But if you have to stand there and introduce yourself, it looks like you're groveling. And it looks like you're trying to convince people that you have the authority to speak into what you're speaking to. And he, so his point was always just get up there and then just start your presentation. Just immediately start your slides. You don't need to give these long intros about everything you've done. And right. And so but that that piggybacks off of your concept there about not making it about yourself. Yeah. And certainly if you have somebody introducing you, that's fine. Then you don't need to worry about an intro. Uh, however, I, I like the point of getting right into material. So the typical boring ass presentation is the good morning, everyone. My name's Dan Fraser. I've been a cop for 20 years, blah, blah, blah. And that's how it always starts. And it's not engaging. You only have a, a, a short amount of time to, to get people's attention. So why not start off with a story where you launch right into it, uh, or having your audience imagine themselves in a situation, or you start off with uh, a joke or talking about a prop or something, and that is going to grab their attention right off the bat. Once you introduce that, or you get some 
uh, that kind of opening going, then we can talk about why that's important. And eventually you can get to your own intro. And again, yeah, I, I, we've all sat in those presentations where the the speaker is going to give you their entire resume and they're going to tell you about every accolade and certificate and minute on the job they've spent. And it does get a little tired. Um, so really think about your intro and how much are you going to say? And you could probably get away with saying a lot less and then revealing bits of information about your, your own experience and stuff as you're, as you're talking. Um, the whole not introducing yourself thing that can be dicey because if they really don't know who you are, like they don't have a, this isn't a conference where they have a bio that they can read or something Mm -hmm. that can be a little bit tricky, especially in, in law enforcement where people want to know who you are. And I, I was, I think I mentioned in the book, I was, uh, I was on a course and it was a week long instructor course, uh, for some control tactics stuff. And there was a couple of, uh, instructors that came up to Canada from the U S and the first thing the guy said was, I'm not going to tell you who I am or where, or what my experience is. Okay, let's begin. And everybody wondered, and it wasn't, he said no questions until after lunch on the first day. And everybody's wondering, who is this guy kind of thing? Because we didn't have any information. So I think there's some, um, there's, there's some middle ground there for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, the, you know, the concept of just not having to totally oversell yourself and tell them everything about you. Yeah, we can, we can be a little bit more purposeful about that. Yeah. Now let me put you on the hot seat real quick. And I, I didn't give you a chance to prepare for this. So, uh, just so everybody knows that you're, you're just winging this right now. Give me, give us to kind of work towards our closing here. Three of your favorite tips, three of your best pieces of advice on how to improve your presentations. All right. I would say, uh, number one, master your content and this, that's not sexy. It's not, uh, um, it's it's not even something you can easily grasp, but you need to know your material better than at least anyone else in the audience. So that means doing the research and not just telling a bit of a story and you don't know the background or showing a video and you don't know the background or speaking to a bit of research and going, oh, there's some research that says, well, chances are you didn't read that research. Maybe you read a summary of it or somebody else's summary of it. It's a good idea to have a have a deep knowledge of that so that when you do have questions uh, and when you do have other stuff that comes up in your presentation, you can actually speak to it with authority. Um, you don't need to be telling them every single thing that you know in the presentation. So just uh, gaining the experience uh, to master your subject before you get up there. Um, Second, I would go, you know, images are just still not used enough in presentations. So if you're using PowerPoint, one image up there that's going to support what you're talking about is better than a, than a slide full of words. So at any time that anytime you can get nice, crisp, high quality images that you can put up there uh, with maybe a couple of words, that is going to be better than than a slide full of uh, you know full of forgettable text for sure. And finally, I I would say look to inject some humor. You know, people don't they they kind of think well I'm not funny or I. I, there's people that are born that are kind of funny or they're, or they're not. And 
some people kind of resign themselves to, hey, I'm not that funny, so this presentation is just going to be dry. I've heard people say it so many times at the start of a presentation, hey, guys, this is going to be dry. We just got to get through it. It's like, well, if it's going to be dry, if it's dry, it's your presentation. If it's dry, it's because you're making it dry. Like, fix right. that stuff. Um, so, you know, whether it's learning a couple of really good jokes that you can tell in there that relate to your message and that are funny and you can tell it well, uh, looking for some humorous pictures that relate to your your message, uh, humorous video, especially if it's not too long, just little stuff to inject it in there. Nobody's falling asleep when they're laughing. And it's you're getting uh, you're eliciting an emotional response from the audience, and that is uh, that is going to keep people engaged and keep them coming back. Awesome. Those are great tips. If anybody wants more of those kinds of tips from Dan, I want to encourage you to go check out his book, Kick-Ass Presentations. You can find it on Amazon, of course, I know at least, um, which we'll link to in the uh, the show notes for this episode at cpp.fm. Um, anywhere else where they can find your book, Dan, that they need to be aware of, or is Amazon the best place to go? Amazon's probably the best place. Uh, Barnes and Noble has it. Uh, if you're in Canada, Chapters Indigo has it. Uh, but and and Audible, of course, uh, for the audio version. If uh, if you want me to just read the book to you, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> do. Do I get some cookies and milk to go along? <laughs> exactly. With that, yeah, <laughs> you can fall asleep to me uh, reading you this book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also I want to throw out there too. So by the time I don't have the exact date yet, I don't know when this is airing, but, um, by the time this airs, I think in probably mid May, uh, you'll still have time. If you haven't joined the LEO to CEO community yet, or maybe you're already a member of the LEO to CEO community, Dan is going to be putting on one of our live workshops, June 22nd. Um, so we'll have, uh, about 45 minutes of a presentation from Dan on this exact topic. He's going to give you guys some really awesome advice. Um, and that's, that's just part of what comes with joining the LEO to CEO community. Um, so, uh, you can attend that workshop. So, um, do that. And Hey, you know what, if you're listening to this episode after June 22nd, 2022 has already passed, uh, then you can get the replay. So the replay will be there for you as well when you join. Um, but do check it out. I'm sure Dan is going to give us a lot of great information. Dan, why don't you give us uh, a closing thought and then let everybody know how they can connect with you. Wow. A closing thought. Um, man, you are putting me on the spot here. I, sh- I should philosopher hat on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the quotes that's been kind of click clacking around in my head and that I, I, that I've been even signing the book uh, to people is a quote by, uh, or a little offshoot of a quote by a guy named Larry Wingate, which is the goal is to find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. And so I don't know if this is a, a unique skill that I have, or maybe just something I've, I've developed, but I, I feel like um, this is my gift and skill that uh, I'm really out there uh, trying to exploit that in the service of others. And I, I know I everybody that. else in the community here uh, is doing the same with whatever business uh, they're coming from. They, they were in an industry of service with law enforcement, and now they're just carrying that on in uh, whatever they're doing for uh, their private business. Absolutely love it. So where is the best place for people to find you and connect with you? Uh, they can go to my website, uh, FraserTrainingSolutions.com. Uh, and uh, I'm also on Instagram uh, at kickass underscore presentations. Awesome. Well, Dan, thanks again for coming on the show. It was great having you. Looking forward to that workshop next month. Uh, well, I guess 
two months from now. But looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Adam. Take care. Yep. And we'll catch all of you on the next episode. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leotoceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.